let's start the show. For Thursday, September 12th, 2019, welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. Welcome to this auspicious Thursday, as it's another big week for this podcast. We had last week's Dragon Con recap with Kishore Hari here yep, in this room. That was my week. President accounted for. And before that, I talked about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Parks. And Your before week? that, well, no, this is Jeremy's week. Yeah, I don't, it's Jeremy's I don't week. appreciate that. I do not appreciate. I am not the Apple fanboy in this show. I know it's not anymore. You Whoa, you're and, you're on you're on notice, Apple. If anything, I claim the week that I went to Pinburg, and I regaled you with the tales of my pinball competition. Yes, and the D division. And and now that we are four weeks after that, yeah. we've cycled back, yeah. and it's back to That's your it. week. <laughs> Things that annoy me, my week. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, who here in this room watched the entirety of the Apple Live event? I did. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You're the only one qualified I did to not. talk about it. Uh, I watched most of it. Uh, but welcome, everyone here. President Accounted for Jeremy? Yes. Kishore? Yep. How were your weekends? Oh, no D- one remembers. Dang it. I don't what remember. What did you do? It's Wednesday, Norm. I, I can't know. remember the weekend. Oh, we had a great time last night, as you're uh, listening to this, at the uh, Tested... Um, event. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we'll be talking about that at the end of end of show. We we played um, a stunt runner last we night. Did uh, we couldn't hear Kishore, but we saw him. We did all play together. Yeah, you saw me cross the finish line at like a half hour after you. This is a VR game. I guess it's not it's exclusively VR anymore, since Rec Room's available on everything. That's true. But it's the new mode for Rec Room, where we uh, basically are mm-hmm. playing American Ninja Warrior. Yes, it's fun. Yes. There was you missed a hilarious moment where I dropped one of my controllers and I kept falling for a while. Um, because it had landed on the ground and depressed into that like focus. Oh no! Cone, and so I was stuck on this bouncy thing, and I was like, I was wondering if you were watching me from uh, the finish line. Oh, I so wish just we could heard you. I went on a minor road trip, small road trip this last weekend. I remember that as well. Uh, it was for a wedding. Went to a wedding, drove the car, charged it at some interesting places. Found maybe my new favorite supercharger spot. In California. You think a hundred years ago when cars were new, people were like, I went on a road trip and I filled it with gasoline. And well, it's my new favorite hey, gasoline. Hey, hey. <laughs> you joke at that, but back, you know, not a hundred years ago, but back yeah. 60 years ago, yeah. people did go on road trips across America and pick their favorite places to stop mm-hmm. and fill up on gas and look at the roadside attractions. That just, was a big part of Americana. I'm just saying it sounds so the modern. The Polynesian Tiki Bar. But the it, Dinosaur Park. This is mundane stuff. I mean, it's going to be seen as such soon. But, but now it's novel. It does kind of seem novel. It is novel because yeah. there are only so many of those spots in, in the world right now where you can... We can find a place to charge your car okay. speedily. So, what makes this uh, electron fill-up station so much better than well, the others? It's at a it's at a historic uh, hotel called the Madonna 
in. Oh, no, I'm familiar with it. You're familiar. So you know how amazing it is. There's I, a supercharger there. I did not know that. I had never been. I did not know that place existed. Every room is different. They, I went to the gift shop, and the best way to describe it is a place stuck in the 60s. You could hear the Twin Peaks music playing, the, the, the shining music. It's, it's, <laughs> it is, it is uh, encased in red marble and pink tufted leather and fake giant roses, hmm. and it's a place where a ghost band, you can imagine, haunting the entire the dance floor. But yes, there is an inn that exists there. It's uh, run by the, uh, created by the Madonna family, I believe, and uh, the, the best part is that uh, every room is different, and if you go to the gift store, you can buy a postcard showing the room you stayed in. Did you stay there? No. Okay. I wish. We wish we stayed there. They're we probably didn't know. They take. They fill up months in advance. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I probably didn't have that opportunity. We had friends who stayed there, and they loved it. Apparently, the steak there, the steakhouse is really good. Oh, yeah? Uh, it was packed for people uh, eating in their cafe. This is on Highway 1, right? This is on uh, 101. Oh, is it? 101. I've never been, but yeah. we have talked about it. Oh, okay. So you've, you've looked up as a, a yeah. place of interest. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend even stopping there to look around. And when you have to be there for about 45 minutes to charge up a vehicle, then it's a perfect amount of time to do a little stroll around, take some pictures, use their bathroom, in which the men's restroom, they have, you pee on rocks. Nah. Yes, you pee on like a slab of granite. As it should a be. A giant slab of granite. Yes, it is, it is an experience into itself. Uh, and... Hugely ornate. There's even a wine cellar down there. And it's a proper supercharger, not your standard 240. It's It's an impacted supercharger. It's a place where if you go there, uh, you'll most likely be capped by the supercharger to only 80% because there will be other cars waiting. Hmm. They don't want you to fill up to 100. Even though if you really need to, you can override that and fill up to 100. Just what an ad for this place. Do you want to charge your car? (laughs) Do you want to pee on granite? That's right. Do Do you want to listen to steak? Twin Peaks music while it's all happening. <laughs> the Madonna Inn Resort and Spa. Look it up. Okay. Should we go on to some Apple news? Yeah. Top story this week. Hey, can we agree on one thing before we do this? Let's shelve the snark. For once, like it's been 24 hours. We're recording this 24 hours after the event. And my Twitter feed is just people making fun of of silly things from the keynote. And I think it's boring at this point. I feel like I'm at a Hari family meeting. Yes. We're going to have a family (laughs) meeting about criticizing, overly criticizing dumb memes from or really talking about memes from the event. Like, because I think if you dig down, there's some interesting stuff. Yes, yes, Father. Okay, great. Lecture over. <laughs> Shelve the snark, children. Uh, where do you want to start, Norm? Oh, good question. We can go through the way they went through it. And yeah, we'll be kind of giving our thoughts and opinions. We're not going to be relaying the, what they announced, though. I think more interestingly is what they did not say. And we'll try to kind of point out the things that were not explained, the subtext of it all. Are you saying they didn't say anything interesting? No, I, did, I, I think the announcements were interesting, okay. but I think what they didn't say, probably a little more telling okay. about their thoughts on their business strategy, uh, th- their thoughts on this hardware generation. That's, I think, where, where we can have some interesting discussion. But let's start off with uh, the TV stuff. And I guess the, the arcade also goes along with that. I think they kicked it off with the arcade stuff. Is that right? Yeah, that feels right, right. Uh, so we have that launching this week. This is their subscription service. They're big, you know, services are a big part of their business now, and they're going to launch this next week. next week, September 19th. Uh, their Apple Arcade Plus, five dollars 
a month, four ninety nine a month, five dollars mm-hmm. a month essentially, yep. and that includes shared play from the entire family. Five, first six month, people, six people, first month three, a hundred exclusive games with new games every month. A hundred plus. Why am I not excited about this at all? Because your kid doesn't play games yet. The nice thing about this service to me is that all of the games are ad free. Yep. No in-app purchases yep. required. Now, I don't know if, that's gonna, if that means they're going to allow them or not. I'm hoping not. Oh, oh, that's such a tease. I thought it was just going to be no in-app purchases. I'm going to st- go oh. with that and be disappointed otherwise. Those two things alone, plus obviously 100 games for 5 bucks a month, um, I'm in. Like, that's great. I don't know what the age ratings are going to be. They haven't announced that yet. So I, I, you know, I'm sure that it will still abide by any kind of parental controls you have on there, like no 17 plus games. Right. Um, but it, it sounds great because my kids are constantly getting all these free apps that are so, so inundated with advertisements, you know, every 20 so seconds. So this is a cultural thing. This is for people who actually go into the app store and buy new games every week and and actually cycle through and try the new thing. I haven't done that in a long time. I don't, if I, I don't, no, find, me, I don't feel compelled me to neither, do that. Me neither, but I'm not playing games elsewhere either unless and it's in VR mostly. I paid for Super Mario Run, which was basically double. It's two months of this service. That's right, 10 bucks, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I thought the underwater game looked cool. I was not sold on Frogger. Uh, and it, this is all going to be about what are the games like. And so, so I, I would probably wait a week and see some of the reviews of the free. exclusive titles. You got a free month. Yeah. I, I guess when do you want to like pull that, push yeah. that button? They had a, uh, a big wall they, uh, um, that they put up of logos from different companies, and they touted a bunch of developers they were working with, including developers of very popular, successful App Store games like Monument Valley. They even said Will Wright. And... I don't know if we're going to get a the Sim City of iOS onto this. Yeah. But but you're not going to I mean is that realistic to expect that 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 game doesn't exist, right? And do kids want to play anything but Fortnite? Yeah, Fortnite's way down in popularity. <laughs> like, not, not, not way, well, way down, right? It's, it's pretty far down in popularity. I don't know. There's, there's going to be, there's probably going to be a handful of g- good games in here. They've only announced like you know, twenty five percent of what the hundred are going to be at launch. They haven't even announced all of them. And I'm sure that those seventy five they haven't announced aren't going to be huge deals. But you know, the fact that the that the game pads are going to be supported by iOS, that's huge. Like so, all of these games have that to their advantage. They could have been designed from the ground up with gamepad controls in mind. And yet they designed the demo they showed for their Infinity Blade like RPG was just a touch screen. It's true. Two no, stick. And I, they're probably, slasher. I bet none of them will require a gamepad, but they can have, they have the option of using the gamepad, which for a lot of designers is a good thing. And it's also cross platform. I think every game will support iPad, iPhone, and Apple TV, mm-hmm. or at least that's part of their advertising and, scheme. And this is a big question is this a thing for, they expect most of the users to be playing on mobile, where presumably most of people are playing games on iOS. Or is this a TV play, TV console, arcade Everything they showed, somebody was demoing it on a phone. So I would think this is a phone play. I actually wonder if exclusive is actually going to be a bad thing in the long run because it'll limit the kind of titles that are going to be included in this. Well, they're timed exclusives. but Uh, Oh, it is timed exclusive? Uh, Okay, that addresses that. But you're right. I mean, I don't know. I'll be very... It's interesting, too, to, to wonder about how much of this did Apple actually bankroll? 
they could have bankrolled all of these games, and it would have cost a fraction of what it cost to do one of their TV shows, and for the you know, for their Apple TV Plus service, mm-hmm. and that we'll get into that later. That's the same price. Like the subscription fee for the for the TV is five bucks a month. Arcade is five bucks a month. I mean, I could imagine Apple looking at this and just saying, "This is a, this costs us nothing. We could bankroll all of these to the tune of half a million dollars each, and it would cost us, you know, fifty million dollars." But they don't need to because games are, cost less than those type of TV shows. The type of games we're making here, like when you talk about Frogger, the type of simple play you're going to play for a week. Right. right they, I, it feels like they're designing games and they're pushing games that people want to play for a week or a month so they can quickly move on to the next thing and get kind of in the cycle of playing new games, kind of reminiscent of what like Playdate is doing, mm-hmm. except Playdate is even more limited, one game a month. Mm-hmm. And then you get the water cooler talk. I don't think you're going to get that here necessarily. No, no, I don't either. You're not going to get the kids in the playground. What are you playing on an Apple they, Arcade Plus? They this might. Week? I, I wouldn't be surprised if like every kid has this now because of the low price, and so they'll all be like suddenly they have this hundred new games to play. So they're going to be talking about Have you played Frogger? No, I hated Frogger. I I like the underwater game, and it's <laughs> you know worse is going to spread. That that's how these kids decide what to watch and what to play it's it's that uh, no, none of these playground talk at this point uh, none of it none of these ring description none of these games feel like the killer apps for this service Not yet. Like, it, something's got to surface to the top right it's going to come out next week and if word comes out two weeks later that everyone's got got to play this one game then you know for all all the stuff they're throwing at the wall that one game will be the thing that will sell the service. I don't know. Whatever, just people, like Fortnite. Whatever kids PUBG, are playing is what's going to sell. Exactly. The whatever. The, whatever. The, and if there is one or two games yeah. that the kids are playing, that's what's going to push the service. Mm-hmm. Not the fact that there are a hundred games. A hundred is just to just to try to hit that mark. But I'm I'm still not excited for it. You guys are going to subscribe to it. Would you rather Apple did one game a month? <laughs> I, if they if it was curated to a point if it was yeah. if it was Miyamoto. Yeah. Miyamoto designing one game a month, that's five dollars. But that's a month. hardcore gamers. Easily. Like a eight year old isn't gonna be like, Yeah, Miyamoto designed this. Let's get <laughs> that's, in there. That's, that's ten dollars a month, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I feel firmly out of touch with what's popular. And I see the games that my son plays because the other kids are playing them, and I would never play these games. So you, you alluded to it earlier, but the five dollars a month I think is probably lower than what most people expected which is in line with then their Apple TV Plus offering, which also probably lower. And I think we'll get to the content in a second, but the subtext here is that Apple knows they're not in a position of strength. Their strength is at scale. And when they're talking about $5 a month, which undercuts not only Netflix and CBS All Access and all the other and Hulu, but undercuts Disney, which is already aggressively pricing Disney Plus at $7 a month, $70 a year in the U.S., $5 $5 a month feels like they know they don't have as strong an offering. that They need to have price be their selling factor, especially since it's a month for free and a year for free if you buy any Apple device. And again, available to the entire family. And also, yeah. So it is, they want to make you feel like it is for that one coffee a month, you can get, you, you're bought into an ecosystem because at, with you know, over 100 million, with a, a billion of these users out there, 100, if 100 million people sign up, for Apple TV Plus, that's that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That becomes a, a viable business. Uh, but they actually talked about content. They had uh, a screenshot and they showed a trailer. They showed a trailer for the. They have two flagship shows. It sounds like 
these two big shows. The first is uh, what is it? The Morning Show. Steve Carell. The Steve Carell. Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. The politics. Think of it as the newsroom or a uh, some type of some type of comedy drama, but set in a, a workplace environment. It's not The Office. I think it's going to be closer to something like Studio Sixty or or Newsroom. It's kind of behind the scenes yeah. of a morning show. Does Steve Carell do comedy anymore? Uh, he's he's dramedy. Yeah, he's emotional comedy. He was on the opening episode of Kel- the Cl- Kelly Clarkson show this week, oh. which I think is a funny deep cut. Reese anyway. Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell—that's their big one. Um, and then C is their big genre show. I'm curious what you guys thought of this. And this is Jason Momoa, just tied between Aquaman filming a big TV show. <laughs> I, I know I just lectured on on no snark, but um, I would like to have a pass on that for a second because this looked bad the so, dialogue felt like weighty and awkward in the trailer it looked like a sci- i mean and i really hate to use this analogy because there was plenty of great like sci-fi channel shows but it looked like a basic cable show not an hbo premium yeah. channel show. really but in terms of the dialogue in terms of story uh, i mean okay. visually sorry it looks like they put the money yeah. of an hbo show uh, behind the, the 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 story and the plot necessarily the concept of a basic TV so basic basic cable show. It seems like the plot is everybody is in the future is blind. Yeah, and then children are born with a new power to see. DCS, a dark power, and yes, they may, exactly. br- they may bring uh, the turmoil into the world, and so they're hunted. Mm-hmm. And Jason Moe is of the family of the clan. I mean, if we give them the babies, they might leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> I stand with him. <laughs> there's Bring no the real villain me. in this show. There is. There's the queen who wants to kill Whatever. the babies. Yeah. Maybe there are monsters that we don't know. Uh, the bigger thing is the Wall Street Journal reported that uh, Apple spent up to $15 million an episode for these shows, for, for All Mankind, what? for C in the Morning Show. And that is equivalent to how much HBO spent on the final season per episode of Game of Thrones. Now, with Game of Thrones, you think that's... I, you want it to be an apples and oranges or apples and apples comparison of like 15 million means this quality, but it's not that because Game of Thrones at that point had reached seven seasons, eight or eight seasons of experience. They had all the production team built in, all the economies of scale of of getting uh, of producing a show up to that point. Yeah, get, let them leverage that. If you throw, you can't just throw 15 million dollars, which is a ton of money per episode, at a whole new property in which they need to develop story, build a uh, pay for talent, which I'm sure took a big chunk of that, uh, and just say that's going to be a good show. So hugely skeptical. What I don't get, so the morning show one is the one I understand. That has probably broad appeal in terms of its nature, format, who's in it. The Jason Momoa thing feels like Bird Box, right? And um, and the, the For All Mankind, I'm excited about that, but that's such a narrow slice. Like, it's an alt-history show well it reminds me of the very early days of amazon prime when all yeah. they had was man in high castle an alt history genre show and then they moved into here's a period piece with marvel smith Maisel, and and apple has dickinson a period piece with uh about uh, emily it, dickinson it feels thin it, it, it feels like and, and amazon over time put these pillars in with uh grand tour with uh, uh, the Jack Ryan show, and of course with big things like Good Omens, there is no Good Omens. Okay, here, but you guys got to recalibrate a little bit because 
and I, I hate to come to Apple's defense about this because I'm not sure I'm going to subscribe to the service, but Tim Cook did make the point that for the cost of a single you know, cup of coffee, as you put it, or, or, the, or the, a movie rental, as he put it, you can get all of this, like all of these. All seven shows that you all shows, or All may not episodes watch. of every, of every, yeah, but you know, but you're, isn't there, is there a free month of this too? There's a free month of this and a free year. Yeah, so that's if, how if you buy something. They are. If you buy something, it's a If you a free buy month. a phone, which they, you know people are going to do. Well, yeah, I think that's more about the numbers. That's more about like giving away magazine subscriptions. I mean, that's like, it's 50 bucks though. Like, let's not oversell what a free year of this actually equates to. Question though, will that stack? If people are buying new phones every year, will they just keep on getting Apple TV Plus for free? If we see this advertisement again next year, you get a free year when you buy a phone. It's part that of, tells that's me bad, no one's that's, that's buy, sign. signing up. It's part of yeah. the iPhone upgrade deal. Well, that's the thing. They're basically, that free year is amortizing the cost of this into their subscription service. The phone as a subscription service becomes a bigger thing where they want you, and this is kind of jumping to the end, they would rather see a world as opposed to you spending $700 on a phone every two years and buying maybe you know AirPods and a watch every three years. Uh, they would rather you pay them $100 a month and get a new phone every year, get a new watch every year, and get all these services. Because that's, that's more reliable income, and at scale, $100 a month in people's minds feels much less than here's $1,000 for a new thing every year. Products so, at a service. So I'm probably not going to get this. I don't know. I don't know. Are, are you excited? Are you going to watch these episodes? There's one thing I'm excited Which about. one are you going to watch? Oh, yeah. There's one thing. Of, uh, so they, there's Nostalgia a screenshot. Play. Yeah. Do we want to put up that, that photo? They, they have it. Uh, these, they had this mosaic of the shows they're developing and includes the things yeah. we mentioned. Morning Show, C, For All Mankind, Dickinson. There's also a documentary, The Elephant Queen, about the extinction of elephants. There's a Muppet thing. And then, yes, there are three children's family-friendly shows one is helpsters yeah so creator of sesame street and is about i think it's it's starring puppets or muppets uh there's snoopy in space sounds good which is a you know snoopy has uh this peanuts brand snoopy has had a long relationship with nasa and the space program i did not know that and snoopy in a helmet is is an iconic iconic image so that's great and then ghostwriter Oh, right. Yeah, you were excited about this. I'm, I still am excited about it. Tell me about Ghost Rider. Did you not know about Ghost Rider? Is it a Have comic you... book? No. <laughs> this was a PBS show really? in the early 90s. Okay. Early 90s PBS show, educational show, yeah. about a team of kids who solve mysteries with the help of a ghost named Ghost Rider. It's a ghost. He's a ghost. And he wants to write with it. He wants to write to us. This is a ghostwriter. Te- so this is about half hour special. Teens again? Or, it's about teenage. It was you oh. know, preteens basically back oh, this then. Sounds, this sounds good. But it it was meant to help you like read, encourage you to read, read. because ghostwriter would be able to read mm. and then also display words like super only y. only the kids could read the words. Except this is more middle school than it was like elementary, like Super Y is. Okay. So a, a, a typical scenario would be a kid is lost in a subway station trying to find help and he's trying to give clues to where he is. And so he write on the ground yeah. words and Ghostwriter would read it and, and then relay those clues to the other team members. Is Ghostwriter voiced by LeVar Burton? The, Ghostwriter has no voice. Oh. It just displays words. <laughs> and it got real dark yeah. because you would find, I think in season four or five, you'd get the origins of who Ghost Rider was, and it turned out Ghost Rider was a runaway slave. Oh, wow. Right. Damn. Yeah, it got real dark. 
But the new show apparently is nothing like that. According to Apple's description, the Ghostwriter's reinvention of the original series it finds four kids teaming up to release fictional characters from their books. So more Indian in the cupboard than Ghostwriter. Uh, I've never, never jived with that title. Yeah, it's, it does not play well today. <laughs> yeah, it has not aged well. Let's, let's, let's call that. Let's, let's All right. But I'm down with Ghost Rider. Ghost yeah. Rider, I'll check that out. Yeah. So Apple TV Plus, uh, again, what, what is it launching? Like uh, November 1st, November. I want to say. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Free month. Buy your phone. Get that free year. Yeah. Good timing. People are going to, you know, mm. you'll have your standard culture blogs and TV sites I'm, reviewing. EW's going to review those yep. shows. Wait and, for the reviews is yeah. what I say. Yeah. I don't want it's, it's, <laughs> it's even less about the money. Because like the free month and the free year, you know, the first year costs essentially nothing if you're going to buy a device. If you plan on buying a device, you can buy an Apple Watch and you'll get a free year. But it's more about the time commitment. Do I want to put ten hours into a show that is not going to pay off for me, or I'm not going to care about? Freaking crazy! I don't know. There's so much good TV right now. So much good content. Fine, but it's five dollars. Like right, but it's again. I go back to what I said thirty seconds ago. It's less about the money and it's about the time commitment. This is the same time. Disney Plus is coming out. Am yes. I going to watch The Mandalorian or am I going to watch C? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When does Disney Plus come out? It's around November right November 12th. Yeah. Oh, so Apple's beating them to market. Barely. Yeah. yeah. Barely. Uh, interface is something they didn't talk about too. So this is the other, the, the subtextual things. Like what is interface like going to be for this on mobile and on TV, presumably, you know, you, we know what HBO looks like. We know Netflix looks like. Everyone does it their own kind of way, kind of. And they used to do it when Amazon launched Prime. Uh, they did it to mask the library, the back library. Uh, they, they didn't have a bit, as big a library as Netflix, and so it was really a gateway into renting stuff for Amazon. Is Apple TV Plus really going to be these six shows, these eight shows, and then really it's going to be an entryway into renting movies? Right. Now, now, Apple TV Plus would be much more interesting to me mm-hmm. if it was $5 a month and it gave you one free movie rental off iTunes. God, you want so much. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's competitive out there. Sell me on the service. $100 million for each of these shows. Actually, a billion dollars to launch. I don't mind paying more if the content is worth it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather pay zero uh, and just not watch it than $5 for something I may watch a few episodes of. Okay. All right, let's keep going. Okay, hardware. Uh, quick mention, they, they revamped the iPad. Yeah, a little the, bit. The, the bare bones. The entry level. Yeah, the entry level iPad. $330, same price, but the screen is now 10.2 inches as opposed to 9.7 inches. Mm. Uh, it is still the more entry level processor. You run the A10 Fusion chip. So it's not your, it's, it's basically a three generation old um, chip, but it's more than capable. Uh, and it has a new attachment for their new keyboard. So it's not the old attachment, but uh, it's still lightning cable, not USB-C for this one. And, you know, this will be, uh, uh, students could buy it for $300. This is still their big moving into Chromebooks play, trying to get students to use it in high schools. I actually dug the low-cost iPad. I feel like that's a part of the market that... Let's be fair. Let's not call it low-cost because you can get Android tablets for much cheaper. For a Entry bucks, level. Yeah. We'll call entry. it the entry level in the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. They also touted you know, iOS, uh, new iOS for iPad um, for both that version and also the Pro versions uh, coming out later this year. They have like staggered releases for all different iOS versions now. There's like 13 
and then 13.1's coming out like two weeks later. Wait a minute. iPad OS doesn't get updated next week too? I think end of the month oh. is iPad OS. Interesting. Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no mini update, and it is a September yeah, September uh, 30th uh, release date. They just updated the mini. Re- that's right. That was, that was a... So compared to this, that's something they didn't have a direct comparison for, this or Mini. Yeah, or, or the Pro. I mean, it's like... I, I, I think the Pro is a... I think most people should know whether they want the Pro or not. Okay. The Pro is so much more expensive. Mm-hmm. It, it is a different form factor. It's a bigger screen, 11 and 13 inches. All of them have pen support now. Like, if you're... It's pencil. Whatever Apple Pencil support now, but if you if you're like looking for your first tablet, you're not going to spend a thousand dollars on the iPad Pro. You should probably look into either the iPad Mini or the uh, if you want an iOS, if you want an iPad, iPad Mini or this new three hundred thirty dollar entry level iPad. But you shouldn't get the Pro unless you've like you know you're going to be able, you're an artist and you know you're going to be able to maximize all the processing and 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 the, the pencil features mm-hmm. and the screen size. Um, okay. That's weird. That's weird. What was that? I got a notification. Uh, and then Apple Watch. This was uh, the, the second big hardware update. First reactions, this, and then we're going to science this a little bit. <laughs> you know, this was probably the most, in terms of reality distortion field, I felt the biggest reality distortion field effect on this, on this announcement. Because the guy came out, and they're like, Apple Watch, Series 5, $400, uh, and now a screen that stays on. All the, finally, a watch with a screen that saves on. And mm-hmm. people are like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. We don't have to, you know, wiggle our wrists anymore to, to see what time it is. We can have the watch say on amazing new display technology. It's a snark. I just want to... No, no, I'm, I'm saying reality distortion field. Okay. But thinking about it 30 seconds later or 30, 30, 30 <laughs> minutes later, it's the same watch as last year, functionally. It has a compass has in there. Has a compass, Compa- Compass, yes. Sweet compass technology. Which is if you are a, uh, a runner, if you have G- uh-huh. if you want GPS and compass and directions, if you use your watch as, as in, in the, like, for its health features out in, out in the world, yeah. then the compass is probably going to be yep. helpful to you. Also, it's made with 100% recycled aluminum now. Uh, I don't think people care about that. Okay. Maybe you don't care about that. Apple cares about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, I mean, it's the same processor, it's the, I mean, they do add, they said they added some, some tiny tweaks to the processor to work mm-hmm. with this new display. But the big thing is this new display because it has the same quote unquote all day battery life of 18 hours because Apple lives in on Neptune. I'll be curious to see if it actually lasts less than the old watches though, because the screen is always on. I have questions like how are they dealing with burn in? And is it still an OLED screen? Because that's the whole reason why we're told it wasn't just battery life, it's burning. You can't leave one image on OLEDs all the time. That's a very good question. They did not address that at all. Let's talk about this technology of the screen. Sure, you did some some research. So I think this is the actual interesting part here. So I have an image up on the, if you're watching the video, from an Apple patent. And they they just started throwing out acronyms. So they were like, this is the first um, Apple device that features LTPO technology. And so uh, this has everything to do with their AMOLED screen and power consumption and controlling the um, uh, supply chain uh, for all of this. So right now, Samsung dominates the market on typical OLED uh, screen development. You know, when you get to like larger sizes, like TV sizes, like LG controls that market. Apple went to AMOLED, which means it has an organic layer. 
uh, those AMOLED screens were typically contracted with uh, thin film transistors um, that used, um, uh, I, let me get the acronym, like LTSP, which is just basically uh, low temperature uh, silicon based uh, 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 transistors. So what was developed about like 15, 20 years ago in the lab and now uh, Apple is pivoting to is this LPTO, which is basically low temperature um, uh, uh, polycrystalline oxide. And what they're doing is combining the thin film transistors with a more efficient uh, semiconductor uh, called Indian gallium zinc oxide, which is often used as a different semiconductor um, in different applications. And so what you get is sort of the flexible OLED component with better what's considered elect what's called electron mobility. Basically, they're getting better power transition, um, more efficiency in the uh, electrons sort of moving through um, the gates because of this Indian gallium zinc oxide compound. And so morphing them together into this one allows them to get essentially better battery life with the same sort of control elements. But now that works really well with an AMOLED screen. So now they have a fully controlled supply chain that's separate from Samsung's supply chain for it. So not only are they getting better power consumption because of the integration of this, they're getting full control of the manufacturing process uh, where they're not sort of competing. That's the play here. This is going to end up in the phones. That's the, that was the big rumor, right? So and this, this is this that's was, what this was about. One hundred percent, right? And that's where the rumors were last year that this um, uh, the uh, LTPO. God, that's an acronym that's never going to stick. Uh, TFT technology was rumored to be making it into the phones because you can get five to ten percent power efficiency increase on this. And as we've seen in the past with iPod products, you know they can do these at smaller scale to scale up their production for this. Uh, and and uh, they did it with uh, you know, the, the hard drives and the flash drives on the nanos that then made it into the iPhones. And so this seems to be for the watch scale, um, manufacturing the, the watches this so way to prepare for iPhones. They threw this in. Um, so LTPS is really good. I don't understand the science of this. So somebody else can explain. LTPS is really good at handling low frequency. So like sub 30 hertz uh, refresh rates. Uh, just because of the nature of how it works. LTPO is really going to do well at like the higher refresh rates, like at 60 hertz. Why you need 60 hertz on your watch, I will never know. Animation, but it's got to keep it smooth. on the phone, I can understand that higher um, uh, refresh rate being actually kind of useful. Which is the rumor, long-held rumor for, for next year, that you might get iPhones that go above 60 hertz, mm-hmm. 90 hertz phones. Which So I think smooth. that also has a play there. I mean, what they said on stage was that they got the power efficiency by having a display that can also be variable frame rate, much like the iPads. You can have them go up to 60 hertz, but when they're presumably in a low-power dim mode, uh, they can run as low as one frame a second, right. which is all you need if you want to just have the, the ticking second hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still does not answer the question, how are we avoiding burn-in? I understand that the screen's dimmed down, and it looks to me like some of the watch faces even take on different designs with you know le- more contrast, more dark pixels. Maybe they shift one pixel left and right. Yeah, so I'll be curious to just like, is that an issue? A slightly sh- maybe in, in the low power mode, the watch faces all have a low power animated, animation setting yeah. 
to avoid burn-in. Yeah, maybe so. Or, or, and here's the cynical way to think about it, they don't care, and they allow burn-in to happen so that people have to buy new watches every two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That could happen. If you trade in your Apple Watch, if you want to trade in your, an Apple Watch that you spent maybe like $800 on uh, three years ago to buy a new, new watch, you yep. know what they might give you for that? Uh, I want to say maybe $50. $50. Yeah. $50 Because they're, they're selling the two-year-old Apple Watch for 200 Yes. Yeah. The, the Series 3 yeah. has now been... Which, again, you can't call it cheap because $200 is a really freaking nice non-smart watch. If you were going to go in any like, store and buy a $200 watch, you get a yeah. really nice watch for 200 bucks. But that's the two-year-old entry-level, quote-unquote, cheap Doesn't even do electrocardiograms. I know. I, I lo- you know, they're, they're really... Just, Leaning into saying the full word. Did you enjoy that? Electrocardiograms. Electrocardiograms. Did you enjoy the commercial where it talks about it tells time? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, and it goes into everything else it does? It's, it, was, it was okay. I thought it was a good commercial. It's a good commercial. Uh, okay, moving on from the watch. Fine, let's talk about the phones. Okay, as expected, a new cropping, three new phones, and much like they did last year in retiring the iPhone 10 and we're completely replacing it. They, they did something different last year, right? They Previously, they had taken the flagship phone of the year before and made that the mid-range phone. Mm-hmm. And last year, they didn't do that. iPhone 10 was retired, completely just replaced with iPhone 10s and 10s Max. And the 10s and 10s Max, of course, and the 10R was the mid-range phone, was a whole new model. And now they're doing the same thing this year uh, by not having the 10s or 10x max be part of the lineup anymore uh-huh. and now it's the 11 the 11 pro although and the 11 pro max it's a little confusing i i oh? would say this is oh definitely a little confusing to people who don't follow technology maybe don't watch these events and they have they want they want to get the new iphone 10 they've re they, it, it, it's a brand 100 a branding strategy if they went if they want if they knew the iphone 10 was like the hot phone that's got yeah. the sweet screen oled all this business they'd probably go for the 11 the 11 no, but that's not the new iPhone 10 or 10. No, S. and the 11 is basically the replacement for the 10R exactly. from last year. So, which I, is a completely different screen. It, it is and a different size. But I think what they found out was the 10R was really well selling last year, largely because of price. It's last yeah. year $750. A lot of people found that to be a sweet spot for a quote unquote new generation iPhone. When the reviews came out for the 10R, one people were really happy with the battery life. They didn't seem bothered by the LCD as much in comparison to the, the OLED screen. Yeah. You know, certainly not as premium and the, you know, the black level is not as dark, but it was fine screen, but they really liked the extra battery. Like the best battery life in iPhone last year was in the 10R, and also was uh, cheaper to buy and also the same processor. It lost all, the big difference that you weren't paying for was the camera. You didn't have that second camera. It was a single camera, but using software, they allowed the, the portrait mode with the single camera, whatever. That worked. That sold really well, but there was still a perception that the 10R was an inferior, was the, was the bargain phone, right? Was the, the, the compromise phone because R comes before S. And, <laughs> no, totally. Okay. Right? 10R, 10S, it's like the, the S type is the best one. The yeah. R type is eh, maybe not as good. Mm-hmm. And it was like if you can't afford the, the, the 10S, you get the 10R. I think they're changing up their marketing and branding this year where they really want people to think of the 11 as the standard phone, as the one to get. And, if, and then right. that elevates the 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max to a more, even though they are 
the same price as 10s and 10x max you get a better sense of prestige because they know the people of the money will pay for it i'll buy that 100 percent but I do think it's going to be confusing. I think there's people out there that think the iPhone 11 is the follow-up to the 10, and they're going to think it's the same phone but better, and it's not. But it is better. You don't. Th- I think the 11 is better than the 10s. A13 chip, much faster, best CPU, best GPU. Yeah. Wide angle camera. But you just told me that it was considered the bargain phone because the, from a perception standpoint. Right. But so, the re, the reality was the yeah. 10R was fine. I think it's a much better value. I I'm it is, you, I'm and, and they that. cut the price down by fifty bucks. But it it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, fine. I, we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they're going to do really well this year because a lot of people, even more people, are going to consider buying the standard 11 phone, and the people who have the disposable income will find more value, perceptional value, reality distortion field value, mm-hmm. in buying the 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max because they'll feel more elitist and they'll feel like that's a more premium experience, even though, really... Like I did when I bought the 10. The big difference... Well, the 10 was such a big difference over the, the 8 at the time, right? You yeah. could, like... If you got a 10 and an 8... Yeah, where's the 9? Right, well, the 7, 8, 9. If you... D- dad joke, sorry. If you bought the 10... Like that was the first one with the notch. That was the first one with the edge to edge screen, yeah. right? With the, uh, the face, uh, the, the face ID, dual cameras, right? With the 10R and the 10S, it was tougher to differentiate between those. And really, well, yeah. they didn't want to diminish. Like they've done a really good job. Remember the 5C came out? Yeah. Remember the 5, 5S and 5C? Yeah. The, the plastic. The candy coated, right? Oh, Johnny I is talking about polycarbonate. Intentionally, right? Or whatever. Like, lovingly talking about yeah. polycarbonate. It lasted one generation because people didn't buy it. Well, it's because kind of, people it was felt kind like of the 10R. Except the 10R turned out to be much better success because all the reviews ended up being really great about it, mm. and it got the great battery life. Hey, the thing I actually don't understand is why they have the eight still part of the whole thing. I, as the, as the, uh, the entry level because I, it, it looks different. It like I actually think it's for the home button. Like I think that they're like honest to God, I know many people in my parents' generation who want that home button. Hmm. And who just don't want to deal with the swipe up. Yeah, but I mean, they were kind of ruthless around the headphone jack, so I thought they might just be equally ruthless on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also leads into the rumor that Apple's next year's phone, the one that is presumably on now that they're on a three-year design refresh, 10, 10, 10S, and 11, that that one, well, 5G, that one may have an bring back touch ID under the screen. That's one of the big rumors. Uh, and this year really is about the camera system. So we have a whole new lineup, the, the new lineup uh, behind us. It starts off on the high end with the Pro and the Pro Max. That Pro moniker, this is the first time they've put it on the phone, I think is going to really work for their marketing purposes, for people to feel like they're getting the extra value on an expensive-ass expensive phone. Matte finish. Matte, oh yeah, is it is it a matte finish? Is yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's different like finish. Dark green, all the all, oh, all new it, stuff. I saw I saw a, a, a hands on where they said the the finish actually does a really good job of preventing fingerprints. But how about the grip? One of the problems was the grippiness of the old phones was was it was too slippery. It was but easy to drop. Glass, yeah, only a fool would carry a phone, not put it in a case. Yeah, no, the, only the careless cases are for the careless. Cases are for the careless. Yeah, it has nothing to do with carelessness. It has to do with being. Clumsy. They're, if you don't understand the, the joke thing. that's happening right now, is Norm's screen is cracked and he never mm. uses a case. Yeah. You know, I live with this screen as a complete aside. I've lived with this cracked screen now for almost a, yeah. three weeks, mm. up to a month, and I'm okay with it. How, how have you survived? It's, it's totally fine. I actually thought it was interesting that their commercial 
that they aired for the new phones really features heavily people being careless with their phone. Dropping, yeah. Yeah, yeah. dropping it, like accidentally dropping it like in between the car seats or into a bag of and into your purse and having it clang around with all the stuff in there. You know, I, I'm sure in an alternate reality where Apple had successful manufacturing with their Sapphire screens, remember that, when that yeah. used to be a big thing? They still do Sapphire screens on the high-end Apple watches. Uh, they would lead in that even more. I, I feel like once they get to a point where they can actually do sapphire screen phones, then they're going to really, really market the hell out of that. And AppleCare might let you, you know, they might promise the unbreakable phone. We'll or see, replace we'll see if they need to. Once again, they say this is the strongest glass ever. Right. Just like it's the fastest processor ever. Just like it's their best phone ever. <laughs> well, that's different, you though. You think you'll love it. Yeah. Can we you talk about the, it's going to change the world? Let's talk specifics about the cameras. Okay. Uh, so as we mentioned, the 11, the standard, yeah. going to be probably best for most people who want an iPhone yeah. phone, has a new wide-angle camera. has two cameras now. They, if you talk about focal length equivalent, if you use a 35-millimeter camera, full-frame camera, you think about 35 mil as a very standard focal length. On phones, it's really been about 24 to 26 millimeters. So the standard standard uh, single camera that you've had on most of iPhones and most Android phones is about 24 to 26 millimeter. It's wide enough to get close to things. The minimum focal distance is good. But now they have a really wide, a 13-millimeter equivalent wide-angle lens. 100 and- 120 degree field yeah. of view. If you look at a full frame camera or even APS-C camera, buying a camera lens that goes that wide is can be pretty expensive. Like I have a 16 to 35 mil and this goes technically wider than a 16. You rarely want to shoot more than uh, wider than like 20 mil cuz that is almost fisheye. It, it, right. And 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 things that if you look at their sample images, all the subjects are in the center. If you look at that dog portrait mode, the dog is in the center. That, those wide landscapes where you have like the silhouetted subjects, they're in the center because with that wide angle lens, once you put the subjects close to the edge, if you don't do lens correction, the lens distortion correction, it looks warped. People mm-hmm. get stretched out toward the end. Rooms look weird. Now, I will say that not only is a wide angle lens like this going to be great for landscapes? It's also going to be great for interiors. That's it. Yeah. It can be it can make a room, a small room like this, look really big. You know, if you're renting your room out on Airbnb or if you're a realtor, that lens is going to work out great yeah. for you. It's going to save you from having to do panoramas in some cases. Yes. And I'm really curious can you do like a, you've seen those kind of fisheye panoramas? Can you do a fisheye panorama? Right. With the kind of spherical globe uh, videos or photos with this new 13 millimeter lens. Uh, I dug the interface, by the way, where you could see the wide angle kind of behind the camera control. I think that's clever, too, because currently you have you can tap between the two different camera lenses on an iPhone X or whatever. Um, but there's no indication of what that, you know, that's a much better visual indication that you're missing information. Like if you want, it's there for you. That not, not necessarily you're missing, but it's, yeah, the option, the framing, yeah. the framing of the of the image that you get also then com- is combined with the extra image. And that ties into how they've kind of meshed the computer vision, right? Where previously, if you're switching between the two lenses on your 10 plus, you're tapping between, you know, 1x multiplier and their 2x, right? 2x from 25 mil to about 50 mil, 52 mil. Uh, now you can slide between that. You can do that now. But you can do it seamlessly, even more seamlessly, and you can do it in video, too. Yeah. It's more, they call it more a zoom as mm-hmm. opposed to a switching between lenses. They, they're exchanging the image between lenses because they're always gathering 
images at, uh, from both. So I want to point out that in addition to the two lenses that you just said, the, the ultra-wide and the wide-angle, the Pro has a telephoto lens. So it adds a third lens to this equation. And what's interesting to me about that is that they didn't add the... the uh, well, the, the telephoto is there on the 10 and yeah. the 10S. Yeah. That's what we have already. Right. But they're taking that away from the 11. But they're, the 11 never had it. Remember, the 10R never had that telephoto. Oh, it never did. 10, 10R was only one pick, one, one oh, lens. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's why the the 11 is, in every way, an improvement over the 10R. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But the, it's interesting that the 10 has two lenses, and they're they're a different configuration than what they have on the 11. They are now. Uh, I think that we have an image that shows the. I mean, maybe we don't have the image, but uh, Phil Schiller put up an image that that showed the the three lenses. Um, and they have, if you want to know the specifics, uh, the ultra-wide angle is going to be on the on the the one that's on the right. Yep. The bottom one is the telephoto. It's a 52 mm focal length. It's uh, larger. They increase the aperture, so you can take more light in. F2, six-element lens, and the standard they call it the standard wide camera lens, also 12 mega, all 12 megapixel, uh, 26 mm uh, equivalent. F1.8, which is pretty good, uh, and then the ultra-wide angle is f2.8. 420 degree field of view. So what do you think that that means that they, I mean, sorry, but back to the 11 for a minute. Yeah. The fact that they dropped the telephoto and they the, went... The f fact that they did not opt to put in a telephoto. Yeah, that mean. they went ultra wide instead of telephoto. They think that more people... Are they shooting indoors? Like, is that why? Because that's the use case? I think more, I think they'll find that more people will find the uh, ultra wide more useful. Yeah. I also think that this is an AR play. Because I think the a, uh, a wider angle lens combine uh, will give you better slam mm -hmm. com computational vision for for AR apps and yeah. slam. I think you're right. absolutely right about that. It would. Yeah. I don't. I wonder if that's part of their thinking. Do you need stabilization on the ultra wide, or you think you get that when they you they kinda, fuse the images together? You get kind of stabilization built in when it's wide. Right? Mm -hmm. Wider angles are by nature a little more stabilized. Uh, and then the video stuff was interesting too. Right? Yeah. Not only can you do like your zoom now from on the on the pro from ultra wide to telephoto seamlessly as you're shooting a video. There's also the interface now where you know you can add, you know click the button and start recording a video instantly. That's just a UX thing, UI thing. But that uh, that appears to take the place of rapid fire photos. So you can't hold down a button because that's what I do now. Like I hold oh, down to take and then brrr, it'll take a. Ton that's a really good question. Yeah. So I wonder if that's an, uh, an option in the hmm. menus. But now the processor is strong enough to be recording two videos simultaneously. Well, that's crazy. But it's only up to two streams. So yeah. they used Filmic Pro as the app they demoed this. And it looks like in Filmic Pro, they have uh, um, the ability to kind of do select which feed you want to pull the, the image from. So the third-party app that it's not going to be out of the box, but apparently the, the SDK will support, yeah, allowing to pull from any of these four cameras. You can pull two streams simultaneously. Three cameras on the rear of the uh, phone and one the front. And so you can either film both a wide angle and a telephoto at the same time, or you can do the rear camera and the front-facing camera. Yeah. So you can do kind of a documentary-style interview back and forth. I think a lot of people would probably wonder why would you want to record both wide and telephoto simultaneously. Yeah. You can do a lot of editing tricks if you have both of those footages. You can cut between them and, and basically cover up a, a jump cut where you would have otherwise noticed that right. there was a cut there. Right. And previously you would do that just by cropping in. 
Yeah, exactly. But now you have just better image quality because you don't have to crop in. Yeah, well, given that they're 4K, you still could crop in. Yeah, <laughs> you still yeah, yeah, yeah. 4K 60. Yeah. Uh, the front-facing camera now is bumped up to 12 megapixel from 7 megapixels and also just high frame rate. So, whew, I'm going to hold back the snark on this one. Apple is encouraging people to take high frame rate selfie videos. No, what, what are they calling them? Slow-fee. Stop it. This Hashtag is selfies. Although I will tell you, this is the one thing that made my uh, 12-year-old laugh about the whole event. Like I kind of, he, I picked him up from school. He was like, what happened today? And uh, I told him about this stuff. And I, I was, I was not, tr- this is the moment. If you have an air compressor in your shop, if you have a fan, high powered fan, this is your moment to shine. Yeah. I don't know who's doing this. Like, isn't that front facing camera basically for obviously selfies, yeah. but also for FaceTiming. You're not FaceTiming in slow-mo. Why are you shooting slow-mo from the front camera? Slow fees. But what? Why do you got to see yourself doing slow-mo? That doesn't make because any sense. It'll be a new trend in Just turn in the camera around. But you can't see yourself. I don't, you want... If, I don't know. I, I don't know, Jeremy. I don't We're know. We're not defending this. Okay. Uh, the other interesting stuff, obviously, Google's had huge success with their night sight feature on their Android phones. This looks good. On the Pixel phones. And Apple is really lagged behind, even though Apple, the, the sensors and the on, on their cameras on, have been good. Uh, the night sight computational photography image on the Android side has been really almost a it's, killer app. For it's those been a, a, a just a totally reinvented the camera. On uh, the even before they, you know, made that into a feature with a trademark on it, their low light photography was better than iPhone, in my experience. This so, seems to be using a different technique, though, than Night Sight, which was just sort of like long exposure. Almost. No, this is long exposure. It sounds like well, Apple has a, a, another, like a night mode, which will take about a second to process. So it is computational photography, and it's going to be smart bracketing. But aren't they taking using... multiple exposures at at, at, at a lower, you know, lower exposure, higher and then higher shutter, and then slower, uh, and then c- combining them and picking out the details that work best with this image. So your thought, subjects need to be still. I thought they were using some of the infrared data, though, which I don't think Night Sight on uh, the Android does. There's no infrared there's no infrared data on the back cameras. The back. Oh. That, that's only front-facing. Oh, I was wrong then. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. They did rework their image pipeline to have depth data, I think you're talking about. Some type mm-hmm. of depth data. Maybe the, the, the way they do portrait mode. Yes, that was interesting. Yeah. Because you can now take portrait mo- uh, portraits of pets and inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that image pipeline is reworked. They say there's sem- that's the semantic rendering. So they, uh, they, their, their database and their processing will allow the system to understand what type of subject it is and which details to pull forward. You've had some of this in the past. That's how I, portrait mode sometimes can recognize that it's supposed to be hair that's supposed to be in focus mm-hmm. as opposed to something in the background. It's 50-50 whether that stuff really works. And then there's a feature coming later in the year called Deep Fusion. I think this is going to be cooler than people think. So the sample image they put out, I, I think, didn't do a great job of ex- demonstrating. <laughs> Not this at was all. A, it looked like a very standard, you know, photo of a person wearing a sweater. Plus, <laughs> Phil Schiller kind of built it up a little. He bit. really built it up, and yeah. like even on stage, like you had to paint a word picture to describe <laughs> what benefits you were yeah. getting. Yeah. But the benefit was because it wasn't about portrait mode. It wasn't about lighting. It was about detail yeah it was about compression so well uh and synergy like uh, taking all of the lenses information and synergizing them into a single photo i think that's what's happening but in effect what you're getting and why he zoomed in to one part of the sweater is that this type of image 
if you took it from a standard camera that used standard JPEG compression, the standard image pipeline, yeah. would be very noisy at those parts, right? You wouldn't get a lot of the fiber detail. It would choose to compress because it is, if you're storing a 12 megapixel image, you've got to compress somewhere. Presumably, this means that once the deep fusion stuff comes out, you get more process detail and the JPEGs look much better. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. That would affect your JPEG compression at all. I I get the impression that it was just really about fine details, and mimicking a higher resolution sensor by combining the three different sensors together. So the equivalent of a twenty megapixel picture. Sure. Yeah, but but obviously not twenty megapixels. Mm -hmm. But it would be like twenty megapixels shrunk down to whatever your iPhone Which resolution is. Which goes twelve back to compression. Yeah, I don't know. It's it is. I, th it's, I think it's. Comp I, I think this is their way of not. Uh, if I took this picture in like a third party app like Halide that lets me take a raw image. Yeah. Right. The raw image would give me all that detail, mm -hmm. and I could use noise reduction to you know software noise reduction to to kind of refine it. Hmm. Right. Uh, if you've taken if you take this image that they uh, you know someone with a very detailed sweater on a standard phone and you and then you save it as a jpeg as your phone would normally do and you zoom in it would look crunchy there is like a look to hmm. smartphone photos that just look crunchy on the pixel level mm -hmm. like, like video a little bit like video and and not even like compression blocks but the way like lines it's not like it's a, it's a smoothing algorithm mm -hmm. right the lines are not f as resolved as you would get uh, on a high megapixel image on a raw picture, you would get all that detail. This just simplifies the process, so you don't have to go through that raw process. You don't have to manually do anything, and it does save you a nice compressed image with high detail. And do you want, you know, in portrait mode where you have the controls and you can sort of change like bokeh and stuff? Do you want controls? In I don't an think they interface? Would give you that control. I know they're not going to. They but would you want it? Would that no. be useful? Oh, I would love that. They just have. They have not done depth sensing on that sen on that camera yet like yeah. that's all of that is still just the front facing camera so that's that's a big camera update that's it from the apple event oh uh, we should mention the processor is like 20 percent faster yeah a13 you know they made a, a it's they're very they're you know obviously this is moving toward them uh making an arm chip for for laptops mm -hmm. faster every year yep uh, it's going to be still Lightning Cable, no USB-C. I think that's notable. Still basically USB 2.0 speeds if anyone still does data transfer over over cable, over Lightning. So don't, uh, don't the iPad Pros use USB-C? Doesn't something... Yeah, iPad Pros use USB-C. That's very strange. I know, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it will include an 18-watt fast charger. And that charger is a USB-C to Lightning <laughs> connector. Oh, hilarious. Baby steps. So you can technically connect your phone out of the box to an iPad Pro and charge it that way. Oh, because they don't have the cable. Yeah, yeah. They have a Lightning to USB C. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And will the iPhone 11 be able to use that faster charger, although it doesn't come with one? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All to be tested. Um, that's it for uh, the Apple event. Really? Are you going to buy anything? Uh, uh, I think I'm going to upgrade my watch. My watch is three years old, and mm -hmm. it's it's very slow. Got to get those LTPOs going. Yeah. yeah. I'm really interested in the always-on display. And the burden potential. Oh, you can tell time then. I know. <laughs> I, you, there will be an option to turn off the always-on display for some people who don't want it, because some people don't want it. And I'm sure the new theater mode that you swipe up from the bottom to activate will just turn off the display yeah. completely. The material science geek in me is really interested in that titanium 
like treatment they did. I want to know more about that with mm-hmm. the watch. Hey, ceramics back. Yeah, ceramics back. That's right. Titanium and ceramic. If you want to spend over a thousand fourteen hundred dollars on a a watch that lasts you probably two years. Are you gonna get a phone though? I said in previous podcasts I would not. Mm-hmm. No phone here. No? no? No phone here? Where, no. where are you at, 10? Jeremy? Are you at 8? 10. Oh, you're at 10. Sorry. The 10 should be a 3-year-old phone. I really don't like that I cracked the screen. You're going to get it, the screen replaced from the new certified I, that's, replacers. That's what I'm thinking. I'm surprised you're not getting the new phone only because the Pro is just basically a souped-up camera. And that, that is like, that's norm stuff I'm right with, there. I'm with Kishore. I assumed you were, be, were going to be tempted by that camera. I am tempted by the camera. I mean, I have bought lenses that cost more than that phone. Right, so, but you can still use those lenses 10 years later. Right. That's true, but, you know, life is short. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's only going to be one-year-old for one year. Exactly, yeah. Oh. That's sweet wide-angle lens. Oh, we're, I'm not trying to convince you at all. I would just sort of, you know, having that sort of three-camera-in-one situation and being able to test it. Just so you... I just want to correct something I said like five minutes ago. You, you said about the Boca. And, oh, yeah. and, and why why aren't they making more features that take advantage of that cool depth sensing? That is in portrait mode. That's on the back camera. Mm-hmm. They they use the main camera for the, for that function. They don't need the, the IR. Depth they don't need IR. IR just makes it easier. Yeah. So why aren't they doing more with that? That that would be an interesting like that's magic. Being able to control the depth of field. You, and you could do that only on the iPhone. You could do it on the 10. 10s. Yeah, but it, all the you can't do it on the 10. You yeah, you can. But there's third party apps. You have to download oh, okay. third party yeah, apps right, to do right, it, right, and right, it's right. all all the information's yes. there. It's really neat depth stuff. So I'm surprised that they're not making more magical apps from that. That's all. Yeah. All right. Before we continue on to our next segment, I want to let you know that this is only a test this week. It's made possible with support from Evident. Evident is revolutionizing the way personal data is shared. Evident provides a simple, secure platform that lets businesses confidently know who they're dealing with without handling sensitive personal data. With connections to thousands of authoritative sources through a single API, Evident is the only platform that enables comprehensive, accurate, and up-to-date identity and credential verifications. And companies can create a solid foundation of trust and safety on their platform, allowing them to seamlessly verify workers in less time and with more confidence. Businesses can stay up to date on any changes to relevant information as well as readily adapt if and when compliance requirements evolve. Evident is bringing confidence and peace of mind to personal data interactions across the globe. Verify anything without risk and the expense of handling sensitive personal data. From identity verifications to background checks and everything in between, businesses of all sizes can get the answers they need with Evident. Check it out at evidentid.com slash test and sign up and get started immediately. That's evidentid.com slash test to sign up and start running verifications in minutes. So remember when we talked about Apple TV Plus and one of the new shows that's coming out is Dickinson, Emily Dickinson, uh, period drama as play portrayed by Haley Steinfield? Yes. Well, she might be stolen away, the actress, to the Disney side because Haley Steinfield is now the front runner for Marvel Studios' Hawkeye TV show, Disney Plus show, to play the role of Kate Bishop. Yes. 
Good casting. New Hawkeye. I think it's I think it's really good casting. Very good casting. I mean, she definitely has the acting chops for it. Um, great in True Grit and most recently in Bumblebee. And I think she would pair well oh, as a um, yeah, she's good. protege for Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. If you haven't read Hawkeye Annual 4, which is Matt Fraction's take on Hawkeye, where he's teamed with Kate Bishop, uh, this is really like snarky uh, Hawkeye, very different art style, kind of almost like telltale video game kind of comic image style, is really great reading if you want to prep for this Hawkeye series. Is Jeremy Renner in the show? He is in the show playing Hawkeye. Wow. So he'll be passing the mantle down to a new Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. And Haley Steinfeld is a studio-crossing um, actor because she's also the voice of Spider-Gwen in Into the Spider-Verse. I, I will not. <laughs> I will not, Jeremy. Drop in those knowledge bombs. And guess what? That's it for pop culture news. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, Apple announced a bunch of new stuff. No, I'm just kidding. There's there's still some stuff they, to talk uh, about. Look, this is a big announcement for me, and probably me alone. Is it Apple related? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably more excited about this than anything. I'm not going to buy anything that was announced yesterday, but I'm using this already. They announced a iTunes, well, Apple Music is what it is. I'm sorry. It's not iTunes at all. It's Apple Music now on the web. So if you're an Apple Music subscriber, and I gather there's a lot of them, I'm one of them because I was a Beats subscriber, became Apple Music. I've been, I, I like it. I use it all the time in the car, but I am on a PC. And so I, I don't know if you guys try to use iTunes on PCs, but it's a horrible experience. Like it doesn't launch for me half the time. It doesn't shut down half the time. I don't like, I never use it on the PC, but now you can on the web, beta.music.apple.com. And uh, you can access, you log in, you got your whole library, anything you've uploaded to the, to the service, all of Apple Music is there and you can stream to your heart's content. And uh, I'm, I quite like it. I'm so glad they finally come around to putting Apple Music on the web. Hmm. I mean, they, Apple Music was uh, uh, built off of the backbone of, Beats music. Yeah. And didn't they have a web player? Yes. Yeah. So is, is this just a version of that? No, it's obviously that would spend many years. And yeah. so they have made it from the ground up. Mm. They actually opened up Apple Music to third party web integration. And you could access Apple Music via third parties. But uh, I, it just seemed uh, kind of strange that Apple didn't do it themselves. And now, you find, now they have. So that's great. All right. So, well, Apple, other last Apple bits of news. You know, the products just came out, but we're already talking about next year. Bloomberg had a story about uh, next year's iPhones, and uh, we talked about the potential of bringing back Touch ID under the screen uh, and, and also a reduced notch in next year's phone once they get that sensor uh, smaller. Uh, but the other big rumor is an iPhone uh, 5SE replacement, a smaller iPhone could be coming looks similar to iPhone 8 and would have a 4.7-inch screen. Imagine that. That's small of a screen on a phone. 4.7-inch screen. Why don't they just bring back a flip phone? What is this? Remember back in the day, the, the, the Dell, which phone was that? The 5-inch Dell phone, the first, one of the first Android phones in 2000, 2010. Hmm. God, we were so stupid back then. Hey, if a flip phone is good enough for Captain Rogers, it's good enough for me. 
That's the spirit. It's uh, it's good enough for Iron Man even. Well, no, he got. Oh yeah, sent he got sent FedEx. that on. Right, right, right. Hey, you either of you use Google Docs? All the, All time. the time. Do you care about your word counts? Yeah, why Are you not? A college student. <laughs> I think only college students. Or, you know, grad students care about I, word counts, really. No, no. I have documents at, at work where it's like there's limited word counts. Really? Yeah. Okay. In certain sections, yeah. Well, Google Docs, it's something that's in their Google for Business suite already, but they're bringing it, rolling it out to everyone. It will now let you see a real-time word count. This is like Word Doc, Microsoft Word feature cir- circa two, 1998, circa this, 2000. This is going to stress every author I know. No, isn't that? It's a terrible, terrible feature. It's one of those things that you're better off not knowing it in real time. Word counts are terrible. I just wanted to, to bitch about it. Uh, there was a new Nintendo Direct this past week. Yeah, I mean, just like every other Nintendo Direct, there's more Smash Brothers characters announced. I didn't think that was that big of a deal, but Luigi Mansion, which I like that game, oh yeah, um, is getting a party mode. But most importantly, we're getting Overwatch. Uh, and it's like Overwatch Legendary Edition or something is what it's called. Okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm really excited about Overwatch on Switch. No? I love Overwatch. It's a fantastic game. I mean, it's, I don't know. Certainly has replaced TF2 as my favorite, uh, you know, squad shooter. I mm-hmm. love it. I, I imagine it was a challenge to put on that hardware. Oh, I'm sure the port was exceptionally difficult. And I wonder if it um, is going to run as well on the new light, which is coming out about the time the game is coming out. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know what the internals is. I don't remember what they are. Nintendo Switch Online, which is the subscription service you need to pay to play online, but you also then get access to a library of free games, launched last week with its SNES library. 20 SNES games you get to play, including things like Star Fox, Kirby's Dream Land 3, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario World 2, hmm. Super Tennis, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Pilot Wings F-Zero, among many others. And if you want to spend 40 bucks or 30 bucks, uh, you can also buy a new SNES uh, controller, which charges over USB-C. It's a wireless SNES controller for the Switch. Link to the Past was, I think, my second favorite Zelda game. I never played it. Oh, what? Yeah. That's the one they're remaking, right? I think so. It's coming out this month. Mm-hmm. Really? That's soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This year's ending way too quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's Link's Awakening. Oh, that's the one that's on the yes. Switch? That's the one that they're remaking. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's the old Game Boy game? Uh, yes. Well, there you go. I never played any Game Boy games. What? Yeah, I never had one. Really? Yeah, no. I didn't have a Link's. I had no portable Sh- game console. Should we get you one? No, I... I've, I mean, like, would you want one all now? Good. My wife had one, and mm-hmm. so I have hers. Like you she, know each other back then. No, we did not, but so she you, kept her Game Boy, so okay. I knew she was a keeper. Okay. Uh, did you have a Neo Geo? No, dude. Who had a Who Neo Geo? Who had that? Well, you can have one soon because Neo Geo has, is releasing, or SNK is putting out a Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro with, you got it, 20 preloaded games. Have we gone too far? Like, with all the Dreamcast hype last week on the anniversary, I was like, have we gone too far? That, that was this past week as well. 20th yeah. anniversary of Dreamcast is a big deal. People want that Dreamcast Mini. How is it only 20 years, though? What do you mean only 20 years? It's a long time. I feel like Dreamcast was longer. No, Dreamcast 20 years ago. 9999. Hmm. It's 99 2019. Two days ago. Three days ago. 
Uh, so, I will say just on that topic, the like, I forget who it was, Gary or somebody retweeted somebody's question, like what was your quintessential Dreamcast game? And mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody mention Virtua Tennis. For me, that was the first game I ever mistook for live footage. Whoa. Yeah, I remember going over to Next Gen Magazine. And yeah. Somebody had it on. I thought it was a tennis match. No, it did not look that good. It did. did. It? it did to me. Like obviously, I just I wasn't fooled for like days. <laughs> <laughs> not like Lego, the movie. <laughs> no, we don't have to discuss that. But yeah, I will give them props for saying. Son, <laughs> did you know how they made this Stop movie? It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first game to make to fool me, um, and I think it was real, was uh, Madden for PS two, three. Really. PS must have been PS2. Hmm. Yeah. Madden PS and it was more about the animations. It was about the sideline animations between plays and mm-hmm. the, the movement of the characters. Gotcha. Felt more realistic. Yeah, very smooth animation. Yeah, of course it all all looks like garbage now. But what was your favorite Dreamcast game? Crazy Taxi. Yeah, that's a popular one. Crazy yeah. Taxi is pretty popular. I was, I was Gary played that on stream. He hooked up an old Dreamcast. Oh nice. And so it had the original music. I had forgotten the soundtrack to that game. Hey, we didn't talk about the biggest thing to come out of Nintendo Direct. Well, maybe it wasn't even talked about Nintendo Direct, but they just released a YouTube video about it. It's the ring. This Halo ring thing. What are you talking about? Oh, the new um, controller. Yes. This motion controller that you attach your Joy-Cons to, and then you kind of vigorously squeeze? Does it jump? Is it only compatible with one game i mean what is it for uh the idea is that it looks like it's going to be compatible with for fitness applications no. so much like the the what was it the, the the platform that you stood on yeah the wii fit the wii fit that's right this feels like a shake weight for the switch mm-hmm. and there's even a, a thigh band that you put a, a joy con on that you then wrap around your legs wow full body tracking yeah that's no, it's not full body tracking. It's one thigh it's one tracking. One thigh, three degrees. <laughs> three, well, the, the fact they know it's on your thigh will allow it to approximate. Uh, if it knows how high your hip is, then it could approximate. If it doesn't know height, but if you if you like, input in yeah, how, yeah, how right. tall you are and you know how where your hip is, yeah. if you tell it you everything it, about you, <laughs> then it can give you some positional tracking with your thigh movement. Yeah, or and also force feedback. And, and a little bit of rumble feedback. Right on your thigh. Oh, I got shot on the thigh again. <laughs> oh, I got shot on the thigh again. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, I joke. I think some of the, the, some of the Wii, Wii fitness apps were actually not that bad. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what this looks like for the Switch. Uh, and then moving on, last bits of technology news. Hey, LG TVs are getting G-Sync support. Uh, through a firmware update this year's LG TVs, so you get up to like 120 hertz smooth frame rate if you plug your RTX card into. Oh, yeah, the TV. are we playing games on these TVs now? You could, you could totally. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. Um, and then, uh, oh, uh, the Equifax, Equifax settlement. This is important. If you filed a claim to get 125 dollars, mm-hmm. you probably won't get it. I mean, I who <laughs> thought they were going to get it? Anyway? Me? You? Yes. Well, do, do you uh, do you have no? The this is service more... that you spent money on. I filled it out to stick it to Equifax because I was not going to let them not have 
have the full settlement go uh, out. Apparently, they only have like $35 million set aside to pay people their $125. Yeah. And 120 million people signed up. The math so doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. And so, yeah, they have now said um, there's no way anyone's getting anywhere near that. And in order to pay people a little bit more, we're asking everybody to verify that they were 100% honest with us and tell us who um, your, per what, what was the service? Some sort of, um, protection? Credit monitoring. Credit monitoring. Yeah. They're asking what credit, credit monitoring service did you have in place? Cause you said you had one. So well, they know, now they'll know that 99% of people who applied were liars. Well, what you, if you do nothing, you get nothing. So that's the problem. The alternative is to amend your claim and take the free credit monitoring instead. Screw that noise. No. <laughs> no. Last bits of news. This should probably be, have been in pop culture. We got a new Lego Star Wars set, a new UCS model kit. It what? is a 4,784-piece oh, Star come Destroyer. On. Come on. This is for you. I have the video in the background. Does this bring back some nostalgia oh, yeah. of that time when you lost your mind and you took a fully built and functional Star Destroyer and crashed it into the Death Star? Yes, yes, I want to do it again. This is, so this is a revamp. Uh, the, there was previously a UCS Star Destroyer uh, that was about 3,000 pieces, and it was done uh, released in 2002, but this is not only more pieces, 1,500 more pieces, but bigger as well. So this is, this, is this the biggest UCS ever? Mm, number no. of pieces wide. No, yeah. Falcon okay. is still, I think, okay. uh, 6,000 pieces. This is 4,800 4, pieces, essentially. Look at this camera shot. This is a good, this is Commercial. well shot. Yeah. Like, watch this camera somehow goes between the fins of the Star Destroyer. This is a small lens, whatever, this part. I mean, I suppose they could have been right up on it. That could also have been CG. That's, I don't, this is real, isn't it? They're not going to CG this. It's probably really nice. It's well shot. Yeah, well shot. Well shot. Cropped in, maybe. Uh, so it's 43 inches long. Yeah. That's big. Mm. That's three and a half feet. Yeah, that's huge. And it really, it's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, I love Star Wars, but this is a monotone build. <laughs> I mean, well, that was a big complaint with the 2002 release of the UCS Star Destroyer. That it was a really repetitive build. Yeah. And structurally, it didn't feel that strong because the Star Destroyer is, unlike the Super Star Destroyer, it has a lot more volume. It's a little more, it's taller, hmm. right? Uh, I still think the UCS Super Star Destroyer is a better looking ship, but this one, not only is it, you know, 43 inches long, $700, it also comes with a tiny Tando 4. Oh. A what? A tiny um, uh, uh, blockade runner. A, a what? A Tanta 4 blockade runner, Princess Leia's ship. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. It, it kind of it, it captures cool. a tiny one for scale. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, like that you build? Or it's like, you a, build. like a mini Oh, no, you build. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So 700 bucks out soon. The big Star Wars Lego set for this holiday. Okay. Uh, before we continue on, because we've got to wrap up uh, in a little bit, I'll let you know that this is the only test also made possible this week by Bombus. When's the last time you refresh your sock drawer? If you don't remember, it's probably time for an upgrade. Bombus socks are made with comfort innovations like arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed, which is sock speak for super comfortable. They come in hundreds of different colors and styles, making them perfect for men, women, and kids. I... I'm a big fan of getting socks for all occasions, for birthdays, for Christmas, and if someone to give me a pair of these, 
I would love them very much. Bombus has a new line of merino wool socks that are made from soft, warm, and naturally moisture-wicking wool designed with all of Bombus's classic comfort features, from keeping cool and dry in the, for your morning run to staying comfortable in your office freezing air conditioning. Bombus socks are ready to work as hard as you do. And for every pair of socks you buy, Bombus will donate a pair to someone in need. And Bombus are what feet daydream about. Go to bombus.com slash test today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash test for 20% off your first purchase. Bombus.com slash test. Now it's time for a moment of science. All right, a really quick moment of science this week. Uh, so last week, uh, the Indian Space Agency tried to land its first moon lander on the moon. This is their first attempt. Yay! Uh, the lander crashed. Um, this, um, this is a two-part mission. There's an orbiter going around the moon and then a lander named Vikram uh, that, that uh, came down. About a mile uh, from the surface of the moon, it, its trajectory went off of uh, track. Uh, the indications are... Uh, from this morning from the Indian Space Agency that uh, the ISRO that it's ju- it did land, but it's just on a tilt and it's out of communication. Uh, and that's based off of information from the orbiter uh, looking down on it. But astrophysicists have said that given the distance the orbiter has and its resolution of its camera, it's probably not seeing more than a couple pixels of information about the lander. Uh, so they can't that you should not you should take that with a grain of salt that there's still a high likelihood that it's um, that it's crashed either way even if it's on a tilt reestablishing communication is going to be exceptionally challenging uh, at this point uh, all of that being said U.S. Russians all crashed a ton of landers when they were first trying to attempt to go to the moon this is nothing but a massive success they got something on the, the moon ages. man yeah I haven't gotten anything on the moon. Have you gotten anything on the moon? Not even once. I probably couldn't even get a laser beam on the moon. That's awesome. I believe that you actually could. But (laughs) uh, all that being said, I I think it's a phenomenal achievement. And if you read anything that says the word failure associated, it's wrong. I understand they did this really inexpensively, too. Like $150 million the entire mission. Yeah. I mean, I think those numbers don't account for some of the ongoing kind of monitoring and maintenance components of it but yes it was relatively um cost effective compared Which to rather other 10 episodes of apple tv plus moon c or <laughs> moon lander land- <laughs> moon lander <laughs> on the moon i think the latter that would yeah. make a great 10 episodes documentary uh second is i had a uh a story about vaping last week about mysterious illnesses tied to it well things have escalated really quickly so right after the podcast Last week, the FDA and the CDC came out and basically said, stop vaping. Just stop. Like, these illnesses are not tied to bacteria or viruses, so it's not a contaminant in that way. There's some indication that people that have gotten sick uh, either um, bought uh, uh, just like off the street with THC in it or there's some vitamin E component. What the CDC said was that you should take those reports uh, not holistically as as representative of all the cases, they just don't know what's happening here. And so they've recommended just stop. Just stop until we figure it out. 
uh, the Trump administration this morning is saying they're going to move to ban any flavored uh, e-cigarettes. Great. Uh, this morning, this is the right response. I can't stress this enough. Like, if you hear the stories, um, Vox did a podcast yesterday about it. Uh, people have permanent lung damage, um, the ones that have gotten sick. I feel bad for parents with kids who came of age in the past 10 years for this reason. Because, I, you know, there just hasn't been enough negative press about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the and the other thing is that you you might na- not know is like companies like Jewel, which are sort of fashion in a, their advertising as independent companies, they're owned by R.J. Reynolds, so they're owned by by big tobacco uh, companies, uh, and they put out wildly irresponsible statements about the safety of their products that are not validated by the science right now. Imagine that. <laughs> The VR Minute, virtual reality this week. A couple of new VR releases we want to talk about. One, we got Battle Wake from Servios, which just came out this week. And good news for people who are interested in that. It is cross-buy between uh, desktop and Quest. People didn't know if that was going to be the case. It's not out on Quest yet. It's coming to Quest? It's coming to Quest. I didn't yeah, remember PSVR that. PSVR and Quest. Wow. Uh, but we played a bunch of it, uh, and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's a good time. I think it would be even more fun with more people. You know? yeah. We only did the two of us because it was before it was out, but it was uh, it's it's a blast. It's like you know, it's not a first-person shooter. It's more of like a third-person pirate ship uh, shooter. <laughs> it's really innovative movement because yes. you're, you, uh, you talked about it after you played at GDC, but... Uh, on the deck of the ship, you are controlling the ship with direct hand control. So you are moving that big wheel. Yes. And the grip, the, the points where you can grab onto it, all feel really good, but really natural. And you're, but you can sort of grab that wheel in any position. But exactly. Then you're also ha- steering wheel. Half the time, you, you know, and then with other hand, you're firing because you fire off the, the bow, the stern. But you're not firing port. directly from your hand. You're whichever direction you face your hand. You're, you're right. You're pointing kind of at the place that you want then your the crew. ship, the crew to fire yeah. at. But effectively, you're firing from you. Yeah, it's it's like you're willing the ship to fire in yeah. whatever direction you face your hand. But then you're steering with the other hand. Yes. Then, but then you have to use both hands to, to steer sometimes because there's emergency brakes on yes. your left and right, which are ex- extremely helpful. Yeah, the biggest complaint I've heard so far, and I definitely felt the want for this while playing this, is that I want to be able to slow down or speed up the ship right right you can speed boost and i think you can pull both emergency brakes to brake yeah and stop but there's no like fast speed no slow speed. there's no throttle I mean, there's no throttle and i think that's intentional mm-hmm. they want people to always to feel like they have to be moving and navigating yes. around well the, the, the target w- the areas. winds do not relent you know and, and also i'm glad they didn't have the winds actually affect the ship mm-hmm. You're, it's not a sailing simulator you can go it's in any direction totally arcade game I think up to ten players in multiplayer. It takes itself lightly. It's a sense of humor. It's arcadey. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun game and it looks really cool. Like the, the water physics are great and the ship is fully at the whim of them, but the camera perspective isn't. So they do mm-hmm. a good job of letting you feel like you're on a ship that's riding these tumbling waves without making you nauseous. Yeah, very comfortable. I found. Uh, there's also, uh, of course, Stunt Runner that came out. So Rec Room mode. Rec Room Stunt Runner. We played that. We talked about that. Had a bunch of fun with it. Yep. Uh, the user-created maps are not available yet, the the map creator, level creator. So I think that's supposed to be in a week's time. I don't think I've been more excited to see what the users create in Rec Room yeah. until uh, this mode. Like yeah. This is exciting. Uh, speaking of user-generated uh, maps, I've been playing a lot of Cloudlands 
Uh, and the, the map editor on that is so much fun. Oh, have you used it? Yeah, I started using it uh, because I, I finished uh, the campaign mode. Nice. You beat all the courses. I beat all the courses. Oh. It gets pretty challenging late in the, in the series. Jeremy and I played against each other one night. He only beat me by 30 strokes. What? <laughs> oh, I've never beat Stunt Runner. I've never beat Norma Stunt Runner, ever. When, didn't you just lose by like two seconds last night? No, it was more. It was, I, like, I, I've never even come close to beating Norm. He's, he's just weird. I'm really good at the game. Yeah. You're really good at games. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you know, Spider-Man had a Far From Home VR experience. Uh, that was a... Not great. Well, I'm, no, the first one was very... Remember when Zach came on, we talked about the the the, uh, um, the homecoming one was okay, but it gave you made you want to do web-slinging. Right. And then the Far From Home one does you web-slinging. Don't care for it, but all right. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think there are a lot of different philosophies when it comes to web-slinging in VR. Right there is um, what's the game called? Uh, not not Windlands. Yeah, Windlands is a version of web slinging. There's also that one, the Gumball, un- un- Unbreakable Gumball. Well, there's Dead like There's uh, Jet Island, which also Jet Island it. people love because that's very momentum based, right? And this one, and that's what actually swinging. This one, I think, is more like Windlands in that it's pulling you mm-hmm. as you as you go, right? And that really encourages you that you need to really let go. And release. So, Windlands works best when you're being pulled by the grapple and then letting go and then swinging using momentum. Jet Islands is all about physics, and that's why it can be uncomfortable for some people. Uh, but the Spider Man Far From Home um, experience, the VR experience, got index controller support. So, uh, it's free <coughs> and it's worth trying if you have the index controller. And then, uh, speaking of interesting locomotion mechanics and swinging, there's a video that popped up uh, from a developer uh, on on Reddit, a game that they've been working on for two years, it looks like. Yeah. And I'm trying to pull up the thread right now to pick up the name of it. But it has a really interesting locomotion mechanic where you are also grappling and pulling yourself with these kind of, like, these these energy beams. Okay. But they let you then climb on giant titans. So you can actually have these giant creatures walk toward yes. you and you are climbing up their legs I saw that. and going on its back. Yeah, looks cool. Then shooting. I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get the name of this. I don't have it right now. It's it wasn't out yet. I mean, is it early development? Early development. Yeah. They're showing some shown some first footage for it. Oh wait, I do have it. It was the first thing in uh in our show notes. It is called check it out. You can go Rise of the Titan. There it goes. Of your title, and it's on. Uh, you can add it to your Steam wish list. But watch the trailer. I thought it was interesting, and I want to try out this kind of grappling on a giant walking titan mechanic. Me too. Uh, last bit of VR stuff to talk about. We have a we have some announcements to make. Well, we have a announcement to make. Uh, tested. We actually have been working on this for quite a while, and we put out our first VR app. It's on the Quest, Oculus Quest, and Oculus Go, and it's called Adam Savage's Tested VR. It's a uh, a VR video series uh, where we go to the space. We went to the spaces of eight different makers and documented their build processes and their projects uh, with VR 180 video. And our goal here was to try to get the sense of a one-day build that we normally would have shot with Adam. We did do a one-day build with Adam in his cave in this format, uh, but also then take you to the workshops of makers um, all around the United States, 
a very diverse group of makers making all sorts of stuff, some f faces very familiar to uh, tested viewers and some folks that we've just been big fans of and then we, that we reached out to. So they generously welcomed us into their space and Joey and I filmed there for a couple of days uh, at each. In all fairness, I know a lot of people who are love VR have feelings about Three, uh, 180 video, but yeah. this is worth checking out because you guys didn't just take a couple GoPros and tape them together. No. You, you spent some time researching the best possible camera to, to set up with. Yes, the best possible like, prosumer camera. It's all, it was all gear you can buy off the shelf, but it's all, you know, it, it, there are a lot of considerations. And it was a big learning experience. We did this whole thing uh, with support from Oculus as a kind of a how to uh, experiment into what this type of filmmaking would look like because we have so much experience filming with flat screen ca uh, cameras, but not a lot with the VR cameras, yeah. and it was hugely educational. We learned so much. Uh, Joey's going to be up here by the time you listen to this. He is going to be up here. We're going to do a podcast with him on Stone Titled about his production work. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's, uh, by the time you listen to this, it should be out on the Oculus Quest Store, and it's, it's free. You can download it and watch all, all the episodes. I like free. That, I think, does it for the podcast this week. Jeremy, I know you have jury duty. Well, I, I, I'm not selected yet, but they want to take a look at my face. Okay. So I'm going to go downtown. Uh, let them see. Just don't look biased. Right. Look neutral. Like no, Buddha. Look super biased. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the devil on my shoulder and yeah, the saint. Yeah. Yes. Um, anything else you guys want to promote, talk about? No. I got to go. All right. Thanks for listening. We got an outro this week. Wohawk back. Hi there. I didn't see you. That's it. player crossover it was probably the third most popular outfit i saw there was a lot of bob rosses yeah bob, bob ross yeah 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 bob ross dalek one of the hits of the con that was just wandering around yeah yeah so this is, is that robotic or is he walking around this one he was walking around I, there were robotic Dalek all over. And for people listening, the Dalek is the lower half of the costume with the top half being the more traditional Bob Ross of the wig and uh, the paint palette. Is that robotic or is he walking around? He's walking, walking around. around. Bob, Bob Ross. Robotic? Yeah, he's yeah. wandering around. But it's not Davros the Dalek, it's Bob Ross the Dalek. Robotic or is he walking around? Robotic? Robotic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that Jawa for Checkmate? See you next week.